We begin today at the Mishnah at the bottom of Memdalid, Amit Beis, the last Mishnah at the bottom of the Amit. Zoktaylege Mishnah, Shoe Shahoya Yaitzili Sokol. A Shoe that Gordon killed a person, so you have to stone this Shoe to death. It's already after the Gemardin, they're taking out the Shoe to be stoned. Vigdisha Bailov. And at that point, the owner of the Shoe is Maktish the Shoe, Hektish, any Muktish. The Hektish doesn't take effect. At that point, this Shoe doesn't belong to him anymore. It's Asabana. Shachtai, if he shechts it at that point, the meat is also to eat, have a gnaw from, because uh, as we learned before already, that after the psaktin, it's asabana. Now, if before the bezin finished pasketing the din, that the shirt has to be stoned, the owner was maktish, then muktish, then the hektish does take effect, it's still his. Vim shachtai, and if at that point he shechted it, besari mutter. The meat is mutter to eat. It's still, it's still mutter. It still belongs to them. A separate din, a new din, Zakta Mishneh, Masroi l'shoyim A person gives his ox to a shoyim or l'shoyil, a person borrowed it from him, l'noise or a person that is a shoymer, but he's getting paid for this, or or a person that's a renter, he rented the ox from him. These are four different levels of shmirah that you hire for this. We'll learn it later in the Masechta, the differences between these different uh, levels of shmirah. But by all of them, the halacha is, nichnesu tachas They take the place of the owner, and they're responsible for any damages that it causes. And therefore, mu'ud m'shalom nezek sholem, the damages that happen with this animal that's a mu'ud, you pay full pay, and the tam m'shalom chatzinezek. And for the tam, you pay chatzinezek, just like by the owner himself. Tanya, ah, what's the chiddush over here? That the shema has the same responsibility. Usually, the shema's responsibility is for the bailam. He has to return the object that he gets that he's guarding to give it back to the bailam. Here, the Mishnah is saying that the shema's responsibility is not only for the bailam; it's also responsibility that he has for bchalal for the world. That he's that what he has in his possession, it becomes now his responsibility that it shouldn't damage anybody else, and he takes the place of the bailam for that as well. Okay, we'll see in the Gemara, there's some details about this with this Chilukim over here. First, the Gemara, the two halves of the Mishnah seemingly have no connection to each other. So two different dinim completely. The Gemara starts with the first Chiluk of the Mishnah. that killed someone. So before Bezna passing the din, that you have to stone it to death. If the owner sold it, then the sale takes effect. He sold it, Rashi says, it's being sold to be used to plow in the field. You can, you can sell it. He was makdashit. The hektish takes effect. Shachtai, if he shachted it, besari mutter, you can eat the meat. Hechziroi, shaymer, lebeis bailov. If a shaymer had this shayr, and while it was by the shaymer, it killed someone, but it's before the bezin paskin that you have to stone it. So the shaymer returns it to the owner. Mokhzer. What he returned is returned, and he's not going to have to pay for the fact that later this animal will be put to death because he returned it before Bezden Paskin. So at that point, what he returns is returned. Now, however, Mishanigma Dina, he wants Bezden already Paskin, the Din, that has to be put to death. So now it's not yours anymore. The sale doesn't take effect. If you maktish it, it's not hektish. If you shecht it, you can't eat the meat. And if the shemer, after the it was paskin, it's already uh, has to be put to death, he returns it to the owner. What he returned is he's returning to the owner a shayr that's 
already a psaked in that it's dead, it's asaba no, so what is he returning to the owner? It's, 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 it has no value at all. So he's going to have to pay for the damages of it. He's not returning the shayar the way he got it. However, well, he's, he's returning the, the shirt itself. He's, this, for the shirt, he has to pay the value of the shirt. He's not returning a shirt. The shirt that he's returning is a shirt that's also bahana. Okay, but but where did the, the, why was it Nisa? It happened Yeah, it happened by the shamer. Happened by the shamer, sure. It happened by the shamer, so he's responsible for this. Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov says, Af mishenigma dinoi, even after. We're talking here about the case where it was by the shamer and the shamer was negligent and it, and it went and it killed someone and the Bezna already passed the in that it's Chayv Skile but if the shamer returns it to its owner it is considered to be returned and he doesn't have to pay the owner for any, any, anything any, any loss over here even though this share is going to be put to death but he doesn't have to pay for it it's returned so Imran and I will explain what this Machleik is here is Shall we say, that the argument here is as follows. The Rabbanan's opinion is, When you have an item that you are the, the ashamed over it, you're guarding it, and now you have to return it. So if this now becomes asabahana, and you want to return it to the owner after it's asabahana, you can't tell the owner here, I'm giving it to you physically as it is, even though it's asabahana. You don't, you don't, uh, Rabbana said you can't say that. So over here, once Bezden Paskin that it's a shayr on Niskal, and it's also Ba'ano, you can't return it to the owner anymore. You can't say, here, this is yours. But when Rabbi Yaakov Sovar, Rabbi Yaakov holds, Oymrim bi'isuri'ano, harei shalach lofanecha. That by isuri'ano, you do say, harei shalach lofanecha. Even though it's also Ba'ano, the owner can't do anything with it, but nevertheless, the shayr physically is the same shayr that he took, and you can tell the owner here, I'm giving you back the shayr as is. That's what it seems like the Machlaikis over here is. Uh, this, this, uh, it's interesting, Machlaikis, the Rishayimir, Tosis brings up, this is also connected to the uh, Shaila in the Gemara and Gittin about Hezek She'en and Nikr. This is a kind of a damage where it becomes Asaba No, but there's no Gashmi is the good thing that it's Nikr that there's a damage here. Right? But, but, but it's still, it's Asaba No, Midin Teira, Alpi So the question is, could you return it in such a way? And Ashi says, and this is going to be relevant for the Hemshchel, the Gemara here, What's another example of this kind of aloha? Whether you could return something that's asaba no. If someone gave you something to guard, and it's it, it then it, it became chametz shalva olava pesach, and chametz after pesach becomes asaba no. Could you give back this item of chametz to the owner and say, here I'm giving it to you to back. I'm giving it back to you as is. Ah, now it's asaba no. Doesn't matter. I'm giving it to you back physically the way it is. So it's the same kind of a shaila. Could you, could you give it back in such a way? As she says, the shayla would be by gzela, right? If a person steals chametz, and then he keeps the chametz in his possession over Pesach, and then afterwards he's going to be mekayim, v'heshevis, gzela, asher gozal, and he's giving it back. But it's also ba'ano. Could you give it back as is, or do you have to pay for it now? Because now it's also ba'ano. That's, that's where this machlekes comes up. Here it's laid in the Masechta, and Perek HaGoyz Leitzim, as we'll see there. Okay, so the Gemara says that we can't say that this is the pshat of the machlekes. Why not? So the Gemara asks, Amar Abba, second, Amar says, the Kula al Moimrin bisuriano hareishalach lefanecha. No, we have to say that everybody agrees when it comes to Yisuriano that a Shemer or a Gazlin could give it back to the owner, even though it's also Bahana, and he can say, here, this is the item, take it as is. 
Physically, it's the same item. You can give it back. Huh? One second. So it says right now, the Imkain, because if you're going to say that that's the Machloikis of Erev Rabbi Yaakim and the Rabbanon, Nifloik Le'inyin, Chomets of Pesach. The same Machloikis between Rabbi Yaakim and the Rabbanon here regarding the Shred Aniskal should be the exact same Machloikis regarding Chomets by Pesach. And Rashi here brings, this is a Befeidish Mishnah later, in Perek HaGoyz Leitzim, that a person can say, Arei Shaloch Lefanecha by Chomets Sha'ova Olova Pesach. And over there, there's no, there's no Machloikis about it. So why over here suddenly by the Shred Aniskal, which seems to be the exact same thing, the Shred that became now Osab and here there's a Machloik between Rabbi Yaakov and the Rabbonon, whether you can give it back or not. So therefore, huh? No, by Chomets there's no Machloik about this. You for sure could just give it back as is. So therefore the Gemara says, Elohocho, we must say that over here there's an additional point to this Machloik. And that is as follows. Begoimrin, dinoy shal Shred, shaloi befonov kemifligi. The argument over here is when Bezdin is paskining the din that this shayr has to get skila, does Bezdin paskin this din only when the shayr is in the Bezdin, has to be in front of the Bezdin, or no? It doesn't. The, the Bezdin doesn't even have to have the shayr at all. They can paskin this din without the shayr being in Bezdin. And that will explain the machlokes here. So the Gemara explains that Rabbanan Savri, the Rabbanan hold, ain goimrin dinish shayr elav efanav. Bezdin can only pass in the din that the shayr gets skila only if the shayr itself is here. So therefore now, the Amalei, the owner could tell the shayr, if you would have given me back this shayr and you wouldn't have brought it to the Bezdin, then I would, I would run away with this shayr somewhere to an agam, to a swamp, which means in a place where there's a lot of other oxen there. And then Bezin would never be able to paskin that the shayr is chayv skila because it wouldn't be in the presence of the Bezin. It would be mixed with other shvarim, with other oxen. Hashte, but now what did you do? You grabbed my ox that I gave you to guard in your hands. And the leachil and the shtur that I should not, uh, I will not be able to have the din the with it. Second. So the, 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 the tiny that he asked him is that you grabbed the shayr and you brought it to the bezdin and, uh, and, and, the, and and therefore, right, I can't, I can't fight, I can't fight against the psak din of the bezdin because bezdin has the shayr right in front of them and they're going to pass him that the shayr is chayv skila. Yeah, that's what's talking about it. Exactly. The case over here is that the Shaymer went and brought with his own hands, he delivered this Shaymer to the Bezdin. So therefore over here, because he went be a daim and brought it to the Bezdin, so that's why he can't say to the owner, here, here's the Shaymer. Take your shirt. What do you mean take your shirt? You brought it to the Bezdin. You had a Chiyav to return it to me. Why did you go and bring it with your own hands to the Bezdin? So in such a case, when he brought it with his own, hand, own hands to the Bezdin, so over here, uh, the, the Tanakama holds that uh, he can't say Eishalach Lefanecha. So, so Rashi explains a little bit better. One second. Rashi explains a little bit better over here what the Gemara is saying. Rashi says the whole introduction that the Gemara says that the owner could say, I would have taken the Shair and ran away with it to the, uh, to the Agam. That's not his real Taina because if so, by Chometz, you could say similar, the Bailam could have a Taina to the Shaymer. Why did you return the Chometz to me after Pesach? Why didn't you give the Chometz to me before Pesach? If you would have given it to me before Pesach, I would have sold it to a guy, I would have done something with it, I would have uh, sold it and made money off of it. Why come it to me now after Pesach? That Taina is, is the same by Chometz like it is by the Shaymer. But the main Taina though over here is that by the Chometz, 
Yeshaymer didn't do something biyadayim to destroy the value of this chametz. It just passed, Pesach passed, and the derech mamele became asabana. Here, though, the main tie is the second part. You brought the shayr into Bezin with your hands. You have a chiv to return the shayr to me. And then I'll do with it what I want. I'll make sure that Bezin doesn't get to it. You went and with your own hands brought the shayr into Bezin. So therefore, you can't now say, the shayr is still alive, take it, I don't have to give you back anything else. That's the main taina that the Bailam has to the to the Shaymer. The Shaymer still Yeah, that's the Tanakama. If there wasn't a Shaymer, what's the Balabas? Can he's allowed to do that? If he could run away with it, he could. Yeah, we can't stop him. Yeah, he could run away with it. Yeah, but you can't. You're away from Torah. Bezdin can't give the Chiv a skill. Whether it's the, could be, you could say that it's not the right thing for the owner to do such a thing. But still, on the other hand, though, the, the Shaymer has the Chiv to give back an object, or in this case, the shirt that he's guarding, back to the owner. That's his chiyuv. You don't have to deliver it to the bezin. Who asked you to deliver it to the bezin? You give it back to the bailam. What the bailam does with it later, that's his business. He can run away with it, even if it's not the right thing to run away, but he could. So the fact that he delivered it to bezin, that, that's, uh, he's going to be high for this now. However, but Rabbi Yaakov saw, Rabbi Yaakov holds, When bezin paskins that this shirt is chayv skila, this shirt doesn't have to be there at all. So it doesn't make a difference if you brought it to Bezdin, did not bring it to Bezdin. So the Amalei, the Shema tells the owner, Sof Sof, in the end of the day, Migma have a Gemiri Leiladina. Bezdin is going to pass in the din that this Shah is high of Skila. The fact that I brought it to Bezdin doesn't make any difference. So therefore, this is the same like by Chomets. After Pesach passes, the Rechmamela becomes Asabano. After the Shah Gordon killed, it now becomes Asabano. So it's the fact that I brought it into Bezdin doesn't add anything to that. So therefore, over here, we say that he could say, here, take it as is, this is yours. Okay, so now the Gemara brings the source of this Machlaikis in the Psukim, whether the Bezna has to pask in the Din, Dafkin in front of the Shayr or not. It says the Gemara, my time in the Rabbonah, what's the source of the Rabbonah, and that it has to be in front of the Shayr. Because in the Pasuk it says, Asher Yisokel, that you have to stone to death the Shayr, and it says, the Gambal of Yumos, and you put the, the, the owner to death as well. Which means misibidei shemaim, but hidarshins kemises abaylem kach misis asher. We compare the two. Ma abaylem b'fneiyem, just like when you when you mechayev a person misa has to be in front of the person. Avshay b'fonav. So too when you mechayev a shay misa has to be in front of the shay. But for Rav Yaakov, Rav Yaakov says even if we compare the two, but not regarding this point, not regarding the fact that it has to be in front of the shay, because bishleim abaylem. The reason why he could only paskin against a person that is high of Misa in his presence because he can speak for himself, he can argue. El Asher can speak for itself. Why should the psaktin of this shayr, the chiv Misa for the shayr, have to be in front of the shayr? Therefore, Rabbi Yaakov also doesn't have to be in front of the shayr. Okay, the next subject that the Mishnah brought up was regarding a shayr. You give a, a share to the Shemechinam and the Shail and so on, so they go in the place of the Bailam and they're responsible for any damages that happens. Okay, so talk to the Gemara at Tan Rabban. And Abraham, so we learned about this as follows. There are four that take the place of the Bailam to guard the Shail. Veiluhain, Shemechinam, Vahashoyal, and the Naisa Sachar, which is also the Shemechinam, Vahasaycher, and our renter. Now, in all these cases, what's going to be the halacha? Hargut tamin, if the shayr gored and killed someone when it was a tam, so nerogin, just like the din always is with a shayr, so you kill the shayr. But a petunim in a kaifer, because it's still a tam, so by, there's no kaifer by a tam, so you put it from kaifer. Muadin, if it killed someone as a muad, 
Neherogin, so then the shayri has to be put to death. Umishalman is a kaifer. And you have to pay the kaifer as well. Over here, who pays the kaifer? The kaifer, I think uh, the one that pays the kaifer is the bailam of the shayri, not the shaymer. The bailam of the shayri, they're the, one the ones that need a kapara for what happened with their shayri, and you have to pay the kaifer for this. He said he goes in the place of the bailam. Yeah, you go in the place of the bailam for the damages that he causes. And uh, yeah, for that, but but the kaifer, the kaifer, only the bailam, the owner has to pay the kaifer. Now the Brayster says, because now the shayr is being put to death, so this shaymer has to pay the value of this shayr that he was supposed to guard, and now it, it Gordon killed, and it has to be put to death. So he has to pay for the owner the value of the shayr. Now the Brayster concludes, chutz except the shayr is not going to have to reimburse the bailam when the shayr has to be killed. Okay, so this is what the Gemara is going to discuss over here. Why are we saying except the Shreem Echinam? Shreem Echinam is also responsible to guard uh, what, uh, what he has in his possession as a Shreem. Why? Chutz Mishreem Echinam. So Amri, so it was said about this, but I said to try to explain this, but I said, hey, Chidomi, what is it talking about over here? If the Shreem properly guarded this ox that was in his possession, so then... If it went and it damaged or it killed someone, even after it was guarded properly, so in all cases, you should be potted to reimburse the bailim for what happened there because it's it's not it's it's, it's something that was ainus. He guarded it. If the shaymer, yeah, all the shaymer, they should all be potted to reimburse the bailim. If it was not guarded, so then I feel the shaymer so then the Shreem Echinam, he's, it's a pshia, he's, he's responsible for this. He should reimburse the Bailam for this, that this Sharna has to be put to death. So what's the difference here? So Amri, so the answer to this question is as follows. What are we talking about over here? The Notrei Shmira Pachusa. It was guarded, the Shreem guarded it with a basic Shmira. It wasn't guarded with a extra good Shmira. Now, we'll see soon, the Gemara. The Mishnah, the next Mishnah on Ahmed Bey's Shmira Pchusa, a basic Shmira means that you close the door in the barn, that when a Ruach Matsuya, a regular wind comes, the barn, the door will not open up and it's protected there. But if an unusual wind comes, it could blow the wind, uh, could, the wind could blow the door open. So Shmira Pchusa is the basic Shmira. And Shmira Mu'ula is an extra good Shmira, to lock it, extra good that no wind will open it up. So the Gemara explains this is the difference between the responsibility of Shmira by Hashem and the others. When it comes to the Shemichinam, his responsibility of Shemir is done. He did what he has to do. The Shemichinam, so his level of Shemir is only this basic level of Shemir. Besides what we always know, that a Shemichinam is responsible for Pshia, and he's not responsible for Gnei Vavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavavav
So how do we explain that over there? Why should you have to pay kaifer if there was a shmira pachusa? Should you have to pay kaifer when there was a basic shmira? So here the Gemara explains that this is depends on a machlekes. Says the Gemara, huh? Bechlal, bechlal. This is a shaila bechlal. Do you have to pay kaifer when an animal goes out and gores and kills when the owner did shmira pachusa? He did the basic shmira. Do you have to pay uh, kaifer for that? So let's see. The Gemara is going to say. Again? Yeah, only when it's a mood, correct. So, I mean, the, the show watched, do it, watched it three times happen. It became a mood, Labdafke became a mood in the possession of the Shemer. Could be it became a mood before. We learned already before about that. If it was a mood in the possession of the Shemer, then it goes, okay, whatever. But now, now it's a mood. It's a mood now. So, the question of it, the Gemara is going to focus on what we just explained regarding the seifa of the b'raise, regarding reimbursing the owner, how does that fit with what it says in the ratio of this b'raise, regarding the fact that the mu'ed, you will have to pay the kaifer. Says the Gemara Omri, so they said as follows, Keman, according to whose opinion does this go according to? Does it follow the opinion of Rab And Arashi explains here, this is a detail, very important pshat here in the Gemara, what Rab holds, and this you see in the Mishnah in the next Omri, Rab holds by a mu'ed, it's enough to, to, to sorry, by a mood, it's not enough to guard it with a shmira pchusa. You have to guard it with a shmira mu'ula. A mayor holds that both a tam or a mu'id, you have to guard it with an extra good shmira. So therefore, if, if it's just a basic shmira, like I said, you just lock the door of the barn and, and a, a strong wind, an unusual wind, could open it up, you're still going to be high for that. So we have to say that this price here goes like that opinion of Rab Meir. Why? Because that will explain why in the ratio of the Mishnah you're going to be high of the Kaifer. Because the Shmira Pachusa that we just explained it, 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 it was done over here is not enough of a Shmira to pat you from paying Kaifer because you should have done a Shmira Mu'ula, a better Shmira. Okay. So now that, that fits, that's good. But says the Gemara, if so, there's another detail though that Rab Meir holds, it's going to be a problem with the safe of the Braise. Why? Because what does Rab Meir hold? Omar, Rab Meir also says, The halacha of a renter, he has the responsibility to guard the same like Hashem Echinam. So this is a machloikis, as we'll see here, regarding the status of a Seicher. And the Torah doesn't say who a Seicher is chayv like, whether Hashem Echinam or Hashem Echinam. So Rab Meir says, A Seicher has the halacha like Hashem Echinam. So if so, then now the question is, in the safe of the B'raise, when it says that Shemir is different, that a Shemir, it's enough if he does the basic Shemire, and therefore he doesn't have to reimburse the Bailem, because he did do a basic Shemire. But the question is, listen, it should say, Chutz The Seicher is the same as the Shemir Chinam, according to Rab Meir. So why did it just say, Chutz Mishem It should have said Seicher as well. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda. So if you're going to say that this b'raisa goes like Rabbi Yehuda, the Amar that said Seicher Kenoisa Sachadami, that Seicher has a halacha like a person that's getting paid for the shmira, and therefore the b'raisa in the sefer only said Chutz Mishem Echinam and it not, did not say Chutz Misaicher because the Seicher is like a Shem Sachar. So, but if so, the question though is, how are you going to explain the ratio of the b'raisa? Nisni, you should say Chutz Mishem Echinam. But over here, the Shem Echinim is potter to reimburse the Bailim because he did a basic Shemira, and for that he's potter. But then it should also say in the Reisha that the Kulon, the Muadin, Peturin, Lenya Kaifer. In the Reisha, should say that the potter Kaifer. Why they potter Kaifer? So this is another detail of Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda holds, and we'll see this in the next Mishnah here, that by a, by a Muad, when you do a Shemira Pachusa, even the basic Shemira, you potter. Rabbi Yehuda has a unique opinion. That by the time, you need a Shemitah Mu'ula. You need a better Shemitah. But by a Mu'ed, you only need a basic Shemitah. 
So if this is going like Rabbi Yehuda's opinion, so then regarding the ratio of the Braise, where it says that you have to pay the Kaifer, but why you have to pay the Kaifer? If you did a, a basic Shmire, you should be potter from paying the Kaifer by, by the Mu'ad. That's the Gemara Shaila. So basically what the Gemara is doing over here is, it's bringing Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Meir Rab and Rabbi Yehuda, it's two, two different subjects. Rabbi Meir, Benigeya to Mu'ad holds that you must do a Shmire Mu'ula. On the other hand, Rabbi Meir holds that the halacha of Hashem Echinam is like Hashem Echinam. So according to Rabbi Meir, the safe of the Braise doesn't fit. Why does it only say Chutz of Hashem Echinam? It should have said Chutz of Hashem as well. On the other hand, Rabbi Yehuda holds that when it comes to a mood, you have to have a Shmir Mu'ula. So if so, the Reish of the Braise doesn't fit. Why does it say that when it comes to Mu'ed, you're going to be Chayiv? He did a basic Shmir, you should be Pater. On the other hand... Again, again, did I say it right? According to Rabbi Yehuda, huh? according to Rabbi Yehuda, when it comes to Mu'ad, you have to have only a Shmira Pechusa. I think I, think I may have said it, Shmira Mu'ad. According to Rabbi Yehuda, by a Mu'ad, you have to have a Shmira Pechusa alone. That's it. Basic Shmira is good enough. So now the problem is with the Reisha of the Braisa. Why does the Reisha of the Braisa say that you have to pay for the Kaifer? He did that basic Shmira. The safe of the Braisa fits according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it's only Chutz Mishayim Vichinom, not Seicher, because the Seicher is like a Shem Sacher, and you need a better Shmira. So that's the problem over here. The Reisha and the Seifa of the Braise don't fit according to either opinion. So according to Amaya, according to Amaya, the, the paying and, and the Kaifa are two different things. You know, yeah, you and Chanan. The one and Pat and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, 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 two separate things. Who doesn't say that? <clears throat> okay, according to Rabbi Yehuda, for both of them, you have to have the Shmira Pachusa. Yeah. Okay, so the Gemara has two ways how to resolve this. There's a third opinion. There's Rabbi Yezer. What's Rabbi Yezer's opinion? The Omar, Rabbi Yezer, when it comes to the Shmira of a Mu'ed, Rabbi Yezer is actually very machmer. More than Rabbi Meir and more than Rabbi Yehuda. This is all the next Mishnah We'll see. Rabbi Yezer says, The Omar, Once you have a Shur that's a Mu'ed and it's so wild, no Shmira is going to be good enough for it. You can never come and say, Oh, I guarded it and I'm Potter. The only thing you can do is shecht it and eat the meat. That's it. So regarding that, we understand now the Reisha. That's why in the Reisha, because it's a Mu'ad, you're going to be Chayef Kaifer because you didn't do a good enough of a Shmira. But, on the other hand, when it comes to the Sefer, where it talks about reimbursing the owner, so over here, a Shemichina only has to do a basic Shmira. And that's even if it's a Shem Mu'ad. He only has to do a basic Shmira and therefore... By, by a, he says the Shemichinam will be potter to reimburse the Bailam if he did a basic Shmira. And the Seicher does not have to do like a Shemichinam. Because regarding the halacha of a Seicher, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that the Seicher is like a nice Sacher. The Seicher has the halacha like a Shemichinam, that you have to do a better Shmira. So therefore only the Shemichinam is an exception that he doesn't have to reimburse the Bailam. So the Reisha and the Seif of the Braise can fit. It's one shot. Abaye Omar, Abaye says, Loilam, Kerav Meir. No, we can go back to Rav Meir's opinion. That Rabbi Meir holds that when it comes to the, the Mu'id, so for the Mu'id you have to have a Shmira Mu'ula. And therefore, because in this Braise he only did a Shmira Pachusa, so therefore in the Reisha you're going to be Chayef to pay the Kaifer. Aye, our problem was in the Seifer. So why in the Seifer it, does it only say Chutz Shem Echinam? It sort of should have said Chutz Mishem Echinam and Seicher. Says the Gemara, okay, the Machlev, Rabbi Baravua. So later, or in Bab Metziah, we have also, and the Gemara over there switches the opinions regarding the, the Shaila, regarding the Seicher. 
And he said, Vitani, and he learned, Seicha Ketzit Mishalem. Who does a Seicha pay like? So he said, Rab Meir Oimer Kishem Esachar. Rab Meir is the one that said that the Shemir is actually like a Shem Esachar. And Rab Yehuda Oimer Kishem Echinam. Rab Yehuda is the one that said it's like a Shem Echinam. The opposite of what we said before. So it fits. In the Seif of the Braise, it only says, Chutz Mishem Echinam, because the Seicha Taka has the halacha like the Shem Esachar. Now the Gemara brings another halacha regarding this. Omer Abelazar. Masar shayda l'shem echinam. If you give your ox to Hashem echinam, so then Rabbi Lazar said, Hizik, if this ox in the possession of the Hashem echinam was mazik, chayiv, Hashem echinam will be responsible for that. Like we had in the Mishnah that he takes the place of the owner and he's chayiv. Huzak, but if this shayda got damaged, then potter. The Hashem echinam will be potter for the damages that happened to it. Okay, so this is very hard to understand. Why should we make such, such a distinction? Says the Gemara Amri. So they said about this statement of Rabbi Eliezer, or Rabbi Eliezer, that is, what are we talking about over here? Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If the Shemir took responsibility for damages that will happen, which means whether the damages that it causes or whether it will get damaged, so then what's the difference? Just like if it damages someone else, so he took responsibility for that. He also took responsibility. If the shirt gets damaged, you should have to reimburse the owner for this. If he made a clear condition with the owner, I'm not taking upon myself the responsibility of damages. No damages. Not what it damages someone else and not if it gets damaged. So then I feel his ignobly potter. So it should be potter if it damages someone else as well. So what's the, what's the reason for this distinction? Rav explains the case here is the case here is he did accept upon himself to guard it from damage it, for damages. But now what Abulaza was talking about is that when he got this shayr, it was clear he took it as a shayr nakhin, a shayr that's wild, it's a mood. And therefore we say as follows: so over here, the stam of the milsa is, if they didn't make up anything, the stam of the milsa is that when he's accepting this wild shayr, he's accepting it for what, uh, for what he sees it is. And therefore he's accepting to take upon himself that it should not go and, and, and damage others. He sees it's a wild shayr. So he, he probably accepted upon himself that he's going to guard it specially, that it shouldn't guard others. So that he did accept it upon himself. Kibla, that he accepted. But that other oxen should come and gore and damage this shire. That he probably didn't think that such a thing could happen. If he sees that there's such a wild shire, he's thinking to himself, no other shire is going to come and damage it. Every other shire is afraid of this shire. It's a big wild shire. So that he probably didn't accept upon himself. So therefore, Rabbi Lazar said, in such a case, if they didn't make up anything specific, we could assume that he was macabre upon himself, that it shouldn't damage anyone else, but that it should not get damaged, that he didn't accept upon himself. That he didn't expect could happen with such a wild kind of a shirt. So here, it brings this three-way machloikis regarding the level of shmire necessary for a shirt, whether it's a tam, whether it's a mood. So the Mishnah says, if a person tied... The owner ties his shayr with the meseda, with the um, with the reins of the shayr, with the with the leash of the shayr. So you tied it, or when evanal befun of karoi, and he closed the door properly, and the yatz of hezik, and still the shayr went out and gored and and, and damaged someone. Echotam, whether it's a tam, ve'echot muid, whether the shayr is a muid, the halacha of shmir is the same. 
Chayiv is going to be responsible responsible for the damages that happened. David Rab Meir, this is Rab Meir's opinion. Now, why is he responsible? So Rashi explains the point that we learned before already. This kind of Shemitah is called a Shemitah Pchusa. If you tie uh, your shirt with a leash or you just close the door, a basic, just time close the door, a shire can kick the door open or a wind could come, a ruach shayna mitsuya. So that's not enough of a shmira. So therefore, it's not a shmira ma'ula. It's not a proper good shmira. So either way, by a tam and a mu'ud, you're going to be chayef for this. Rabbi Yudai, Rabbi Yudai says, notice the difference. Tam chayef. By a tam, you have to do a better shmira. Umu'ed potter. For a mu'ed, the basic shmira is good enough. You're going to be potter. Shanama, because by the mu'ed it says, balav, the owner didn't guard it. With the basic shmira, it's good enough by a mu'ed. This is a very interesting thing. Right over here, you see that uh, the Torah is saying, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that by a tam, you have to have a better shmira even than a mu'ed, even though the mu'ed is wild and by the mu'ed were more machmer. Okay, we'll see you soon in the Gemara about this. The Gemara doesn't directly address this, but this is a very interesting thing that you see that there's uh, more of a chiv to guard it by a, uh, by a tam, more than a mu'ed. Uh, yeah, we had it before in the Gemara, yeah. Now, here's the third opinion that we mentioned before here. When it comes to a mu'ed, for sure a mu'ed has to have a better shmira. Not only does it have to have a better shmira, there's actually no shmira that's going to be good enough for it. The only thing you can do with a shayra mu'ed is, you can shecht it, that's it. Otherwise, any, if it goes out and it gores, it damages, you're going to be responsible no matter with what shmira you do. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to explain over here this drasha from Velay Shmira and Abalov, explain the machlokes of Rabmei and Rabbi Yehuda. What's the reason of Rabmei? Rabmei holds that the Tam and Mu'ad are the same. And by both of them, a Shmira Pachusa, basic Shmira is not good enough. You have to have an extra special Shmira. So what's his reason? The reason is, Kasava, because Rabmei holds, Stam Shvarim La Bacheskas Shimur Kaimi. If not for the Torah obligating a person to guard his, his Shvarim, so then Stam Azai, a person, does not, uh, does not guard his Shvarim, he does not guard his oxen at all. He lets them go around. That's what this expression here in the Gemara means. Stam Shvarim, the Taisus clarifies. We had we this expression in the Gemara before, but uh, before when the Gemara brings this, it's talking about the nature of the ox itself. Over here, it's not talking about the nature of the ox. It's talking about the obligation of a person. If not for the Torah obligating a person to, ga- to guard his shayr, so Stam, a person just allows the shayr to go free. And Avam Rachman comes the Torah and says, the Tam Nechayiv, that if your shayr Tam damages someone, you're going to be Chayiv for this. So what does that show you? So from this you understand that you need at least a basic shmirah to, to lock the door, to, to tie it with the leash. And then, then the Torah writes again by a muet that you have to pay. And there the Torah says, because he didn't guard it. So why is the Torah saying again that you have here because you didn't guard it? Here the Torah is saying that not only the basic Shemitah that you could understand from a time you obligated, but it says again that you need an extra special Shemitah for it. That's what you see by the Mu'ad. And then Rabbi Meir holds, Because it says by the Torah, by Tam and by Mu'ad, so there's Gzeri Shaveh, you compare the two, they're just like by Mu'ad, you have to have the extra special Shemitah. The same thing is by the Tam as well, you have to have the extra special Shemitah. So they're the same. It's an interesting That's uh, Rabmeir's opinion. Huh? <coughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's by the mood. Right, that's the mood. Mm-hmm. In other words, what the Torah trying to tell you, you know that something's going on, and you're still not watching it. Right. And, and, and so you don't learn from it. So it sounds like it's saying this dafke by the mood. Yeah. And the Gemara says, though, that there's a Gzeri Shavah. And the Gzeri Shavah says that we apply the same level
However, Rabbi Yehuda that says that there's a difference between the Tam and the Mu'el, Rabbi Yehuda holds as follows. Yeah, this is a very interesting limit also. It says the Gemara, he holds, Even if the Torah would not obligate you and say that if your shirt Tam, Gordon, Dam is Yechayev, even before that a person knows that he has an obligation to guard his shirt. So the basic Shemitah, even before the Torah says he knows he has to do. Now, Omar Achmone, Tam Nishalim. When the Torah says by a time that you have to pay for the damages, why is the Torah saying this? The Torah is coming to add that you have to pay not only when you did a base when you didn't do a basic shemitah, but the Torah is coming to say that even if you didn't do an extra special shemitah, that you're still going to be chayev to pay. That's what the Torah is coming to say by the time already. The Torah is saying that you need a special shemitah. Then, then when the Torah comes and repeats it and says by the Mu'ah that you have to pay because you didn't guard it, why is the Torah saying it again? According to Rav Yehuda, already by the time the Torah is saying that you need an extra special Shemitah. The Navadei Shemitah Mu'ah, it's saying again that you need an extra special Shemitah. So now this is, The rule is, whenever the Torah says the same thing twice, why is it saying it twice? It becomes a Mu'ah. You, you're, you're, this coming, comes actually to say that no, over here, you don't have to do that extra special Shemitah. The Torah is, is coming to exclude and to say that by the Mu'ed, you don't have to do this extra special Shemitah. Only by the Tam. Now, if you'll argue and say, like what Rabbi Meir said, that we should compare it to, this Shavit, to say that the same level of Shemitah that there is by the Tam applies to the Mu'ed as well. So this Rabbi Yudah doesn't hold it. This he says no. But you see over here that the Torah is excluding that the, the mood is unique, and we don't compare the mood to the tam. Because here the Torah says by the mood, that the level of shmirah the Torah is saying that's required over here is by the mood and not by the tam. So therefore, by the tam we say you have to have a shmirah mu'ula, but by the mood because there's a miot acha miot that comes to say that you don't have to have the shmirah mu'ula, and it's enough to have a basic shmirah. Huh? No, there's no there's no kapa chaima. No kapa chaima. No the pasuk is saying that by the muad a basic shmirah is good enough. Yeah, but you can say kapa chaima. No, no, no. The gemara does not say this I mentioned before this question when I learned the mishnah that it's it's a very hard thing to understand. Why should the muad be more uh, lenient than the muad than the tam that is? But it's it's psukim. The pasuk is saying befeirish that the veloish merano that by muad there's a less of a shmirah and not by the tam. But the Gemara asks, how could you dash on this from the words Velayishmerenu to say that Tam and Muad are different? Don't you need it for the love? Now this lashon of the Gemara is a little bit hard. Taisa says here, there's another girsa. That the Gemara is asking when it says Velayishmerenu, don't you need it for the halacha itself to say that by Muad you only need a shmira pchusa? How do you know to learn out from here not to compare Tam to Muad? That's what the Gemara is really asking. Rashi is greatest like we have in our Gemara of Amibayalilalav, but it means the same thing. Do we need it to, for what the Pasuk says, Veloy Yishmerenu, to say that by Mu'ad, even with Shmira, that, that it's enough Shmira Pachusa, but how do you know to make this exclusion that Tam and Mu'ad are not the same? So the Gemara says, yeah, we have, we can make this exclusion because if the Torah would just want to repeat and say this Mi'at Achamiot, it would just say Veloy Yishmer. My Veloyishmerenu. Why is it using the term Veloyishmerenu and you didn't guard it? It's only by the Mu'ed and not by the Tam. That by the Mu'ed, it's enough a Shmira Pachusa, but by the Tam, you have to have a Shmira Mola. That's uh, Rabbi Yudah's opinion. 
Now Gemara brings actually a third opinion. Tanya, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says, Echad Tam veEchad Muad, Shisham Shmirah Pchusa Potter. That both for the Tam and the Muad, a basic Shmirah is good enough. So he holds uh, similar to Rabmeir, but Rabmeir said that both by the Tam and the Muad you have to have a Shmirah Maula. Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says no, a basic Shmirah for both of them is good enough. What's the what's the explanation for Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov's opinion? My time. Savalak Rabbi Yehuda, because he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, the Omar Muad b'Shmirah Pchusa Sagilei. That we learn out from this miyat uh, achamiyat by the muad that a basic shmirah is good enough, and then he holds that there's no exclusion. There's no exclusion to say that this is only by muad and not by tam. And v'yalech negicha letam and negicha lemuad. And he learns out the to compare tam to the muad that a basic shmirah is good enough for both of them. Okay, so those are the three opinions regarding this Indian. Besides the other opinion, we had already another opinion in the Mishnah, which was Rabbi Yezer. In the Mishnah that said that by a muid, the only thing you could do with it is shechted. Okay, now the Gemara though says, Omar Barave, Le Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda didn't patter the muid, right? Rabbi Yehuda said that the muid, once you do a basic shmirah, you'll be potter. But he says, really, it does not, like I said before, simply it would come out that this is a leniency by a muid. By a tam, you must do a very good shmirah. By a muid, if you did a basic shmirah, you're already potter. So Rav Adav says, no, 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 it's not going to come out to be a leniency by a muid. Why not? Because they potter Rabbi Yehuda al-Tzad hadoshaboy. Rabbi Yehuda only pottered the second half to pay the nezek shalem, to pay the full nezek, that the Torah potter if you did a basic shmirah. Avotzad tamos medes. However, the first half that you have to pay, the chatsi nezek that you pay by a tam, and there the Torah says that you pay as long as you didn't do a shmirah mohole, that remains. That uh, you're still going to have to pay. That's been mekayimai medes. So now, based on what Ravada Barava says, you can see if here it comes out that by a muid, when, when, when Abudah says that you have to do only a shmirah pchusa, it's not a kula. It's not saying, ah, muid is more kal than a tam. No, because the payment of the tam remains. If you didn't do a Shemitah Mu'ulah, you anyway is going to have to pay the Chatzin Nezek. The Mu'ad is Machmer. That you have to pay another half. That Chumrat, that you have to pay the full pay, the other half, over there the Torah says, you only have to pay that if you didn't do a Shemitah Pechusa. So, sof, sof, it doesn't come out to be a, a, a Kula by a Mu'ad, more than a Tam. That's what the uh, Bar is saying here. Okay, so then we should be, have to have a Shemitah Mu'ulah also. No, no, no. Again, for the Mu'ad, only a Shemitah Pechusa. In order, but oh, even... Oh, yeah, that's what Ravada Barav is saying here. Yeah. But here the Gemara that brings that the, that the Rav disagrees with this. Let's see. So Omar Rav, what Rav says on this, Rav said the following statement. Mu'ad lekeren yimin, an ox, which is a mu'ad for the right horn, that it gores with its right horn, ain't a mu'ad lekeren smart. It's not a mu'ad to, to gore with its left horn. It could be a mood for one and not a mood for the other. <laughs> yeah? So, so Rashi over here explains, before we learn the Hemshchul, the Gemara, Rashi explains what was Rav coming to say. The simple shot would, would seem like what Rav is saying is that just like similar to what we had before, that when it comes to a mood, just because it's a mood to gore people, it doesn't mean it's a mood for a behemoth. If it's a mood for a camel, it doesn't mean it's a mood to, to get into a fight with donkeys. It's different things. So Rav is saying the same thing, that the two horns of the ox... Just because it's a mood to go with the right, it doesn't mean it's a mood to go with the left. That's what it seemed like Rav is saying. But Rashi says, the Gemara understands that that's not what Rav is saying, because that's obvious. That we already know from all the halachas that I just mentioned before. 
that uh, a shay could be a mood for one and not for the other. So obviously, just like by a human being, a person is right-handed and not left-handed. So obviously by a shayr, you see that it's wild and it gores only with its right horn and not with its left horn. So obviously the right horn is, is stronger on the shayr side. So it'll be only a mood for that. That wasn't the chiddush of Rav. Rather, the chiddush of Rav is regarding what we're talking about in this sugya here, regarding the shmirah. And what Rav was saying is that you could be a muid for the right horn and therefore the level of Shemitah for the right horn will be the Shemitah Pachusa, like a muid. But for the left horn, you won't need the same level of Shemitah because for the left horn, it's, it's still a tam. That, that's, it's, it's regarding the Shemitah that Rav was saying this. So the Gemara now clarifies what Rav meant by this. Huh? What, what, what? How's it possible what? How do you guard it uh, for the right one? You have to guard it. For the left one, if he's locking the door, so it's it's uh, okay. But when it damages with the right one, so so you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, responsible as a mood. If it's for the left one, you'll be responsible as a tam. But the question now is, according to which opinion that we had before the Rav say this? If it's according to Rav Meir, so for sure there's no distinction in the level of Shemitah, whether it's a Tam or a Mu'ad. Because Omar Rav Meir said, Either way, it's the same Shemitah for the Mu'ad or the Tam. So that's not what Rav was talking about, to make this distinction. On the other hand, but if it's according to Rav Yehuda, so according to Rav Yehuda, we could say, that there's a distinction in, in, in the level of the Shemira. By a Mu'ad, there's a Shemira Pachusa. By the Tan, there's a Shemira Mu'ad. And that's the difference between the right horn and the left horn. But still, the Gemara says, if that's what Rav meant, then why did he say it the way he said it? My ear, ye keren smile. Why is he making a distinction between the right horn and the left horn? A filibi yamin, he could make, the, he could say the same alacha and make the same distinction just regarding the right horn itself. Why? Because nami is beitzat tamos, viz beitzat muedas. According to what Rav Adabar Av just said, so in the right horn where it is a muid, you could still make a distinction in the two parts of the payment. The first part of the payment, which is still the payment of the tam, so Rav Adabarava said that remains in its place. For that, you're going to be chayiv if you didn't do a shmira mu'ula. And then for the second half of the payment, which is the payment that you add for the mu'ed, for that, you're only going to be, you're going to, you're going to be responsible if you didn't do a shmira pachusa. So why didn't he make this distinction regarding the right horn itself? He didn't have to make the distinction between the right horn and the left horn. Right? So the Gemara says, oh, so you're going to have to say that Rav Taka argues with Rav Adabarave. So Omri, they answer this, Lo'olam k'rav Yehuda svirale. K'rav Yehuda, that is. Lo'olam k'rav Yehuda. Really, Rav, that's making the distinction between the right horn and the left horn, that it's not the same kind of Shemira for the right and the left, because the right is a Mu'ed, and the left is a Tam. It's really following Rav Yehuda. But v'lo'i svirale de Rav Adabarave. But he doesn't hold what Rav Adabarave said. This point that Rav Adabarave said, that... Uh, even after it becomes a mu'ed, but the chumrah of the tam, the mekoimai medis, that that remains, and for that you're going to be chayv, if you didn't do a shmira mu'ole, he doesn't hold to that. And therefore, v'alchi kama, this is exactly, he was trying to argue with Ravada Barav, and he was saying as follows, ki hai gavnu de mishpukachas beitz When is it possible to say that there's two levels of shmira, a shmira mu'ole for the tam, and a shmira pachusa for the mu'ed, in one shayr, that will only be possible if it's two different horns. Because one horn it's a muid and the other horn it's a tam. Av a muid le gamri. But if this shite is a muid for both horns, then le mishkach is beitzat tamas klal. Then you can't say like Ravada Barave that the first half of the payment it's still a tam. And for that you need the shmir muhula. 
And for the second half of the payment, a Shmir Pachusa is good enough, and you'll be potted to pay the second half if you did a Shmir Pachusa. So that's exactly the point that Rav was trying to say. That uh, once it becomes a Mu'ed, so then the Chumre that there is by the time goes off. And if you did a Shmir Pachusa by a Mu'ed, so here, according to Rav, it actually does come out that by a Mu'ed there's a Kula over a time. That by a Mu'ed, if you do just a Shmir Pachusa, you're going to be totally potter. Not only from the second half of the payment, even from the first half of the payment. So here it comes out of Pella, that the Shreda Mu'ed is, is actually more lenient than the Shreitam. So they, they, they bring over here from the, the Me'iri, the Me'iri says that the Svara for this is, that uh, by a Shreda Mu'ed, which is a Shreda Nakhen, so the reason why you have to do a Shmira Pchusa is because if everybody knows that it's a Shreda Nakhen, so then people are, should, should be careful with this. So everyone else should also be careful about this Sher Tam, where it's known already, it was in the Bezdin, it was warned with Adem, and everybody knows already that it's a Sher Mu'ed, so people should be careful with this. So therefore, the, the, the owner of the Sher only has to do a Shmir Pachusa, and this it comes out of Kula by the Sher Mu'ed over the Sher Tam.